The church is made up of people like you and me and all of them. The church offers a ton of benefits. When we love each other, we each feel like a part of the family. When we encourage each other, we each gain confidence. When we accept each other, we feel like we belong. When we care for each other, we each feel supported. We're all a vital piece in making the church what it was meant to be. When these are lived out well, the church is a community with amazing perks. Well, welcome and thank you so much for joining us wherever and however you might be joining us. We're glad that you are here. We hope you're having just an awesome 4th of July weekend, getting time with family and friends and just getting a time just to relax and enjoy and have some fun. Uh, we're grateful, though, that you're with us uh, right now. And my name is Nate. I'm our Webster Campus Pastor and just excited to have a chance to get to speak in this series and get to speak today. Last week, we started a brand new series called Church Perks, where we are looking at some of the one another commands that we find throughout the New Testament and just looking at one of them each week and just talking about, man, when we live these one another commands out, man, we experience a just incredible blessing and, and a benefit and even the perks of being a part of a church that lives these commands out. And so looking forward to, to talking more about that this morning. And as we kick off, I really want to start by just asking all of you a question. And this is for everyone. I want all of you just to be thinking about this question. And uh, the question is this. When you think over the course of your life, who is the person that you would say is the best encourager um, that you knew? The person that encouraged you the most, man, they just built you up. They inspired faith in you. They inspired courage in you. Who is the best encourager that, that comes to mind? I know for me, when I, when I think about that, uh, one of the best little encouragers that I know is my son Landon. And uh, he is only seven years old, but he is just such a great little encourager. And recently he and I, we were working on a project together at our house and we had decided uh, to put up a tire swing in our backyard. And we had found the perfect tire on the side of the road. Uh, we found the perfect tree in our backyard. We found the perfect branch that extended out that we would be able to put the rope over. And man, it would be great. The only challenge was is that this branch was about 30 to 40 feet up in the air. And so as I was thinking about, man, how do I get this rope over the branch? I came up with this idea of what if I tie a piece of firewood to the end of the rope and then I take that piece of wood and I just chuck it through the air over the branch, right? Then I'll be able to secure the, the piece of rope. And, uh, you know, I like to think of myself as an athlete. I played sports growing up as a kid, one of them being baseball. I figured this would be no issue at all. And so my son Landon, we're there together, and I pick up this piece of wood, and I just start throwing it, trying to get it over that branch. And the more I throw, the more I continue to miss. I'm not even coming close. I'm hitting the tree itself. I'm hitting other trees. It's coming up well short. And uh, the more I try, the more I am starting to get frustrated. And uh, my son Landon, who's nearby, is starting to sense that dad is getting frustrated. And so he just starts to encourage me. He's like, dad, hey, you're doing a great job. You're, oh, you're really close on that last one. Just, just keep going. Keep, keep going. You're doing great. Dad, just, just take a deep breath. Dad, don't get frustrated. It's going to be okay. Right? He's telling me all the things that I normally say, you know, to him. So he's encouraging me. And so I, man, I keep throwing and I keep trying to get this piece of wood over the branch and the throws are only getting lower and lower. And eventually my son stops and he's like, dad, dad, I have this idea. 
Dad, why don't you get a smaller piece of wood? You know, immediately I'm like, no, son, I got it. And then I was like, no, wait a minute. I think he's actually, I think he's actually right. And uh, I got a smaller piece of wood, and sure enough, I sailed that thing right over, over the branch, and we were able to get the rope secure. But man, my, my son was just a great reminder to me of just the, the value and the importance of encouragement and how that can be helpful and beneficial. Man, whether you're seven years old or whether you were 87 years old, we're never too young and we never outgrow the need for encouragement. And man, man, probably more than any other time, certainly in my life, man, when I look around at the world around us, man, we need encouragement right now. And I'm sure we've all felt this. I'm sure that we have all seen this as we look at the landscape around us in our world. And I think one of the things we would all realize too is that everyone that you come across is facing some type of battle in their life right now. Every one of us, every one of us is facing some kind of battle in our life. And it may not be obvious initially, right on the surface, things look good and they look great and they have everything together. But sometimes all it takes is just a little conversation before you begin to realize, whoa, okay, there's a struggle. There's something that they are, they're working through and wrestling with which leads us really to what I hope all of us would be willing to embrace today, and it's this truth that you have no idea what God might do through a single word of encouragement. You have no idea how God might want to use you to offer hope or to inspire hope or to inspire faith in someone else. You have no idea what God might want to do through a single word of encouragement, and maybe today is the day that you plant that seed of encouragement in someone's life. Because everyone that we see is facing a battle that we're not aware of, that we don't know what they're struggling with. And I don't know about you, but there's so much discouragement in the world. I, I can't open my social media feed without, man, within a minute or even less than that, beginning to feel discouraged or beginning to get frustrated. It's hard for me to watch the news and not get frustrated. Man, it's hard enough to have just good, honest dialogue and conversation right now with people without getting frustrated because, man, our world is just so polarized right now. And I think it's time that we as the church, we as believers, that we step up and step in and bring words of hope and bring words of encouragement, which leads us to the one another command that we're gonna look at today, and it's this, that we're called to encourage one another. We are commanded to encourage one another, and this is the one another command I want us to look at. And we see this actually show up all throughout the New Testament. We're going to look at a few different examples, but the one I really want us to key in on today is actually 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11. And this um, is a book written by the Apostle Paul. And Paul was one of the great early church leaders. He was very influential in helping get the first century church off the ground, getting it started and planting churches and seeing those churches thrive. And so he's writing to the Thessalonian believers, this church, um, and look at what he says in verse 11. He says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. So here we get our one another command. I mean, Paul makes it crystal clear. Therefore, encourage one another. Then he kind of fleshes it out even more, and he says that we are to build each other up. So it's clear. We know what the command is. But the question is, okay, well, why? Why is it important that we build each other up? Why is it important that we encourage one another? Well, actually, the reason for that, we actually find a hint to that in the very first word of verse 11, because verse 11 starts with the word therefore. And just a tip, anytime you're reading your Bible or you're studying your Bible, when you see that word therefore, that should prompt you to want to look 
back to look earlier, the verses before, earlier in that chapter for the context of that verse. And that's exactly what we see here. If you look earlier in chapter five, we find the context that Paul is speaking into. He's talking to this, these Thessalonian believers and it's in the context of the second coming of Christ. And he's telling them, look, one day Christ is going to return and he's gonna restore this broken world We don't know when that's going to be. It's going to be like a thief in the night. So he could come in five minutes, he could come tomorrow, or he could come not in our lifetime. But Christ will return one day. And look at what he says. This is the why behind why we should encourage one another. Look at verse 9. He says this, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And let me just pause there. Leave that verse actually up there. (laughs) There is so much truth and so much encouragement packed into verse nine right here because what Paul is reminding these Thessalonian believers about is he's like, look, remember, you guys were destined to experience God's wrath. All of us were, right? Because our sin separated us from a holy God. And so we were destined to experience the wrath that our sin deserved. But Because of the gospel, because of Jesus, instead of wrath, we get to experience salvation. Incredible encouragement and hope. And then he continues. Look at verse 10. He says, he died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, and what he means by that is whether you're alive or whether you're dead, we may live together with him. So he gives us the why. And really what he's telling us is, look, as followers of Christ, we know the end of the story. Whether we get to see the second coming of Christ or whether we don't and we die here on this earth and we enter into eternity with Christ, we know the end of the story. We know the hope because we know the hope that we have in Christ. Our eternity is secure. And because of that, therefore then, encourage one another. Build each other up. And we see this command littered throughout the New Testament. A few other examples, um, some in Hebrews. Hebrews 3 verse 13 but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Another example in Hebrews, Hebrews 10, verse 25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Again, another reference to the coming of Christ. We even see another example right here in 1 Thessalonians where we were just looking, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 18. Again, Paul says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. So the Bible, the Apostle Paul, the New Testament, it makes it very clear that we are called, we are commanded to encourage one another. So then if that is true, if that's what we're commanded to do and live out, then this next statement ought to be true. It needs to be true of the church. And it's this, that the church should be a place where you experience encouragement like nowhere else on earth. The church should be a place where you experience encouragement like nowhere else on earth. Meaning, on Sundays, when we gather, and we're hoping to be able to do that in the not-too-distant future, but when we gather again on Sundays, that should be in an incredible place of encouragement. In your community groups, when you gather together with those friends and those people, that should be an amazing place of encouragement. When you get together with other Christian friends and you hang out and you're you know, socializing, doing whatever, that should be a place of encouragement. That no matter what you are facing in life, no matter how discouraged or how depressed you might be, we can find hope, we can find encouragement because you have people around you in your life, in your circle that are pushing you and inspiring you in your faith. In fact, the church is at its best when you don't feel encouraged, 
When you feel discouraged, but you have people around you believing it for you, that are pushing you on and saying, hey, we're going to get through this together. Keep your head up. Keep going. You got this. We got this. We're going to get through this together. You have people in your life that are encouraging you. And that's the beauty of the church. In fact, that is the church perk. What is the church perk? The perk is it's a place where you are encouraged regularly. You have people around you that care about you, um, that notice you, that love you, that want to be there for you, that are encouraging you in your faith and in your walk with Christ. And, you know, I've been, um, I've had the privilege of being a part of Northridge Church for over 10 years. And uh, it's been amazing. Northridge Church is the best church I have ever been a part of. And I just love being a part of Northridge Church. And I know me and my family have experienced many, many times the perk of being a part of Northridge Church. And we've experienced that encouragement. I think just about three or four weeks ago, uh, an example, uh, I received an email from longtime members of our church. They um, attend out at our Webster campus. But Dave and Kathy Canale, they sent me an email just a sweet, encouraging email, just reaching out and just saying, hey, Nate, we're thinking of you. We love you and we're praying for you. We realize it's gotta be really challenging being a pastor right now with everything that's going on. How can we be praying for you? It was a short, sweet email, but that email encouraged me so much. It lifted me up. It reminded me of what I get to do. It reminded me of why I love being a pastor. It was very encouraging to me. I think back, oh, several years ago uh, in, a, in a difficult season of ministry and my family and I, we were coming home one evening and on the porch, we saw this big basket sitting on our front porch. And as we approached, we found that there was just all sorts of stuff in this basket. And it wasn't just stuff for me and for Emily, but there was something specific for every one of the people in, in our family. And I have three little kids. And then also there was this um, a card, a handwritten card in the middle with just some incredible, incredibly encouraging words. And it was signed by the Blessing Bandits. And uh, to this day, we still don't know who the Blessing Bandits are. And uh, so the investigation is still ongoing. So maybe you're watching right now and you're the Blessing Bandits. But regardless, we just want you to know that is a moment that will forever be stamped in the Miller family because it was so encouraging and uplifting to us and to our family. I think of the community groups that I've been able to be a part of and just how many different times my community group has been a source of encouragement to, be, to me, to be a better father, a better husband, a better man, a better follower of Christ. Time and time again, my community group has been that encouragement to me. So the church, it should be this place where we experience encouragement regularly. So if that ought to be true and it needs to be true, I think the question then we need to ask ourselves is, okay, well, what does that then look like for me? What's my responsibility? What's your responsibility? If we're to encourage others, well, first, I think we must realize that we need to encourage ourselves. We have to learn to encourage ourselves. Now, what in the world do I mean by that? And what I mean by that is we need to to learn to speak truth to ourselves. And I know that this is hard and difficult, especially for me, because it's so difficult to remember something positive but it's so difficult to forget something that's negative. And maybe you're like me, right? Someone could come up to me and share 10 things that I did well or how I impacted their life in some way, but then one person gets up in my face or in my grill and shares something negative or a criticism, right? And all of a sudden, I have just forgotten about all of the positives, and now all I am thinking about is that criticism and that negativity. In fact, neurologists will actually tell you this about your brain. That your brain is almost predisposed to believe the negative immediately, but it will take a full 
15 seconds of focusing on anything positive before you actually begin to believe that it's true. That's why it's so important that what we say to ourselves, um, it matters. In fact, uh, David, in the Old Testament, he was a very popular guy in the Old Testament, one of the heroes of the faith. He was one of the kings of Israel. In fact, he wrote the majority of the book of Psalms. And in Psalm 42 and 43, I would encourage you to actually read those two chapters sometime this week. But in those two chapters, David asks himself a question. And he asks himself this same question three different times. And the question that he asks himself is this, why so downcast, O my soul? David, why are you depressed? David, why are you down? Why are you discouraged? He asks himself that three times and his response back to himself is the exact same thing. What he tells himself is, put your hope in God. David, put your hope in God. You might be discouraged, but listen, you need to remember to put your hope in God. And what David is doing is he's preaching to himself. He's reminding himself that he needs to put his hope in God. It's similar to what Paul was doing to the Thessalonians. Remember, he was saying, look, Thessalonians, remember, you were destined for wrath, but because of the gospel, instead of wrath, you experience salvation. So because of that, man, be encouraged. And in case you still aren't convinced, what I thought I would do is actually tell you what God thinks about you, what God says about you. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have asked Jesus to be the forgiver of your sins, you've made him the leader of your life, this is what God says about you. This is what God thinks about you. Not what I think, what God thinks about you straight from his word. Be encouraged by these words. This is what he says. He says that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Your sins have been forgiven, that you are redeemed. You are a child of the living God. You are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You are an ambassador of the most high God, meaning you are the highest ranking diplomat sent by God to represent the love of Jesus here on this earth. You're free from the power of sin and death. You have the mind of Christ. You are filled with the very spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. You're the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he prepared in advance for you to do. You're a new creation in Christ. Your sin has been separated from you as far as the east is from the west. Be encouraged by those words. I hope that those words encourage you and remind you of what God sees and what he believes about you. So we need to encourage ourselves first if we're truly going to be able to encourage others. So that's the first thing. We need to encourage ourselves. But then secondly, our responsibility, what we need to do in response to this is obviously we need to encourage others. We have to. We're commanded to, to encourage others. Drew actually talked about this a few weeks ago, and it was so good that I thought it was worth repeating, that if you think of something good, say it. If you think of something good, say it. It really isn't any more complicated than that. If you think of something good, express it. Think of encouragement like a blessing, right? And why would you not want to bless someone? Why would you not want to share that blessing with somebody? I mean, think about how differently your relationships could be if when you saw something, when you noticed something, you expressed it, you said it, you shared that word of encouragement with the people around you. You know, I don't know about you, but even as a parent, when I think about my, my three kids, man, I would much rather my kids hear me tell them a hundred positive things 
over and over again of how I see them succeeding, of how I see them winning, of how I'm for them and that I love them and that they're doing a great job. All of those things, instead of them hearing me just picking them apart, just you know, pulling out and showing them the things that they're doing wrong and where they're failing and you know, where, they're, where they're not doing things great. No, man, I wanna instill confidence in my kids. I wanna instill spiritual confidence in my kids, not tear them down, um, not discourage them, but I wanna encourage them. I wanna be full of encouragement in all of my relationships because remember, you have no idea what battles people are facing that you come into contact with or that you see on a regular basis. And you never know what God might want to do through a single word of encouragement to the people around you. In fact, this can change and, and totally revolutionize um, your marriage. And, and for those of you that, that aren't married but you're thinking about or desiring to be married someday, man, I would so encourage you to learn to build up your spouse, to speak highly of your spouse. One of my pet peeves or one of the things that really frustrates me is seeing spouses kind of talk down about the other spouse, especially in public, and especially when the other spouse is present in a group context. Man, as husbands and as wives, we should build each other up. We should try to, to man, talk well about our spouses. In fact, one of, one of the, the, the most often complaints that I hear, especially from Christian women, is them complaining about their husband not being a spiritual leader. That's one of the most common complaints that, that I hear. And look, I would just encourage you, uh, Christian wives, that when you see your husband doing something spiritual, that you encourage that, um, that you share that, you, you tell your husband that you see that. Guys, one easy way to do that is just to say, hey, honey, wanna watch Northridge Church online? And wives, when he says that, you just, absolutely, yes, let, let's do that. And guys, take the lead on that. Take the initiative on that. And wives, when you see that, encourage that. Thank your husband for taking the lead on that. The next time, whenever you feel safe to have people over, maybe a family over, you have friends over, and you're having a big meal, and, and your husband decides to pray for that meal, even if it's a bad prayer, or even if the prayer isn't good, man, you encourage him. Um, you share that with him. Um, after people have left, because if you encourage what you want to see, you'll typically see more of it. And that's true for any context of relationship. If you encourage what you want to see, you will typically see more of it. Another way you could put it is like this, that what's rewarded is repeated. What's rewarded is repeated. So how are you doing? When it comes to this command of encourage one another, how are you doing? If I were to randomly show up at your house or at your workplace and pull the people that are closest to you, just pull them in and just say, hey, how, how do you do at the words that come out of your mouth? On a scale of one to 10, would you say it's more towards the encouraging side or the discouraging side? What would the people say? What would your spouse say? What would your kids say? What would your boss say, your roommate, your friend, your girlfriend, your boyfriend? What would they say is true of you? Are the words that are coming out of your mouth more encouraging and building up and are they or are they not? And look, we all have work to do in this area because this is a command to encourage one another, meaning it doesn't stop. We're commanded to continue to do this. And I know some of you, you might be pushing back right now. You might be like, Nate, I just don't have that gift. <laughs> I'm just not an encourager. That's just not my spiritual gift. And look, I would just push right back and I would say, well, you know, it was also true that you didn't know how to walk at one point in your life. It's also true that you didn't know how to talk at one point in your life. 
right? But you worked at it. You may have stumbled, you know, over your feet. You may have stumbled over your words, but eventually you got to a point where you were able to walk and you were able to talk. And I would say, if you struggle to encourage, that doesn't mean you get a free pass on this. That means you just need to lean in and work even harder to learn to encourage the people around you. We must do that. And really my assignment, I have one assignment for all of us this week, and it's this. Who's the one person you're gonna send a word of encouragement to this week? Who's that one person? I want all of us to take this seriously and to think about that person you're going to encourage this week. It could be a text message. It could be a phone call. You could show up at their house in the driveway and just wave and talk or have a conversation. We have to do this. We're commanded to do this to encourage one another. Who is that person you're going to send a word of encouragement to this week? Because the church should be a place where you experience encouragement like nowhere else on this earth. And if there was ever a time for the church to stand up and to step out, to speak words of encouragement and life, to build others up, now is the time to do that. Let's be a church that's known for encouraging one another. Let me pray. God, I thank you for your word. I I thank you for, God, these one another commands that aren't just commands that you just want us to go around and do, but they're commands that when we live them out, We truly experience what you desire for us. And that is to increase in our love and devotion for you, but then also to to encourage others and to come alongside of others, to inspire others in this journey of faith that we are all in together. And I pray, God, that you would help us to do that. We need your strength. When we don't feel like it, when we don't want to do it or say that word of encouragement, God, I pray that you would remind us that your spirit would prompt us to share that word of encouragement. And might it be a blessing to the people around us as we seek to love you. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, we are so thankful, again, that you chose to spend part of your day with us. And um, again, if you're newer to our church, maybe you were just checking us out, we'd love to connect with you. Um, We'd love to get introduced to you. And uh, if you wanna do that, you just simply text the number at the bottom of the screen or hit that connect tab. And we will follow up with you, get you more information and see if there's ways that we can come alongside of you in your faith journey and help you. But we're grateful that you spent part of your day with us. And to all of you, God bless. We hope you're doing well and we hope to see you soon.